episode 253 of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you by Hawthorne Racecourse, Chicagoland's hometown track, and the Adelphi Racing Club. Adelphi Racing Club, offering a truly personal racing experience. Looking to own thoroughbred racehorses and win at the highest level circuits? We're not just a syndicate, and our members aren't just investors. We are partners. Experience the Adelphi difference. Join the club today. Contact us to get a taste of the Adelphi experience, and come hang with us this Saratoga meet. And now let's start episode 253 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Welcome to episode 253 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your proud host, Howard Kravitz. It is Derby Week. The post positions have been drawn for the 149th Run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby this Saturday, and also drawn for the Kentucky Oaks. Thanks for joining us tonight as we have a very special show. We're going to give our quick reaction of the post position draw and then in detail, go through the top 10 horses by odds in this year's Derby. Please make sure you follow me on Twitter, at hkravitz. It's right there on the bottom of the screen on the name tag. And you can also email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Last year, this show, our top 10 Derby show, was the most watched show of the entire year we had over 16,000 views last year. And last night's show, the bottom 10 uh, Kentucky Derby Horses preview, already has close to 1,100 views. So check out episode 252 as well. Thanks for joining us again. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Smash that thumbs up button. That will tell the YouTube algorithm this is a fantastic show and we'll send people to the podcast we really appreciate that and also hit that notification bell so that you don't have to go onto the youtube channel you can automatically just be informed when new content pops up as you can see on the bottom of the screen we have a uh, a show tonight at 9 p.m eastern the benton and boozen guys will be here again 9 p.m eastern to give their reaction of the kentucky oaks draw and their early look at the Kentucky Oaks. We've got two shows tomorrow, Tuesday. We have two shows on Wednesday. And then Thursday is our big Kentucky Derby roundtable discussion. Almost all of the hosts will be here on the HHH Racing Podcast to talk about the Kentucky Derby. We also have special guests. I don't want to say who, 
If you followed us on Twitter, you might know. But tomorrow, Tuesday, we have two very special guests. And tomorrow and then Wednesday, we also have two uh, special guests. And we also have a special guest on Thursday. Tune in. It's going to be an unbelievable week. We can't wait to have you join us. We already have some people right now who are on. Uh, we got Penn State Scott. Matt was here early to open the tab. He didn't forget Matt Miller. Hope to hear your thoughts in the chat. I'm sure we'll hear from Matt Miller. Brad Anderson, BCBC champ. Welcome to Derby Week, fellas. My favorite trio of handicappers. Appreciate that, Brad. Let's go. We got Christine Race. I often log in early, but Matt Miller, this time it wasn't me. Don't want to miss a minute of good information. Derby fever is highly contagious in my area. Thanks for watching, Christine. Nick Feldman's here. What a day. Derby Oaks PP is already out. Big week of getting ready for these races. Some really good undercards. Uh, we also have Raymond Cromley is here. Forte with that long stride equals a win. We've got a lot of people watching. If you're watching live, please make sure you comment in the live chat. You have to be on YouTube for that. If you're watching on Twitter, you might want to switch over to our YouTube channel. Just type in HHH Racing Podcast into the search bar uh, to do that. And if you're watching this as a replay later this week, either audio or video, please comment down below the video player on YouTube. You can also listen, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. We have fantastic power picks. Look below the video player for information about our power pick tip, tip sheet. Uh, very inexpensive, very profitable. We have two tip sheets uh, or power picks this week. We're sending one out Thursday for the Friday card. We're sending out one Friday for the Saturday card. If you're interested in subscribing to the power picks, do it now. You should do it before or by Wednesday night to make sure that you can get those power picks. If you subscribe Thursday or Friday, there's no guarantee that you, you will receive our power picks. So please make sure uh, you do that. Check below the video player by Wednesday. And then finally, great website, hhhracingpodcast.com, run mainly by our great co-host Pete Davisco. All sorts of information. You can click the tab that says power picks for information specifically about our power picks. All right. I think that takes care of everything. Got a lot to discuss. Let's bring on right now our fantastic co-hosts who are in the green room waiting. What a great night we're going to have. Let's bring them on first from the East Coast of Maryland and the author of our fantastic um, HHH Racing podcast website, Mr. Pete Visco, and another fan and fellow club member of the Tappet Trice fan club. Let's bring him on from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and journalist for the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. That's not calling a timeout. That's for TT. Right, Paul? How you doing, you guys doing tonight? Oh, it's Derby Week. The PPs are out. Remember one thing. We are all going to sleep when we're dead. So there's <laughs> no right. need to sleep Derby Week. No, absolutely no time to sleep at all. Uh, Pete, I know you're a big fan of watching the uh, post draw show, aren't you? <laughs> well, I, I just want to apologize. First of all, you said we're going to talk about the top 10 horses in the post draw. I, I came on prepared only to talk about the Ali Sheba and the return of Rich Strike and how great <laughs> he's working. So I apologize, everyone. I'm not going to be prepared to talk about anything else. So, uh, you know, I'll probably be quiet this whole show. But yes, you know, I am. No, so go ahead, Paul. It's <clears> the strangest <throat> thing, Pete. I was looking at the I was looking at that race and I did not realize they changed the conditions 
of the Ali Sheba to a non-winners of two other men. <laughs> I mean, wow. you know, they, it's it's in the real, real, real fine print. You have to, you yeah, know, like it's hard point. for yeah. it's hard for us to see with our glasses. We need I'm we need looking, magnifying I'm glasses. Looking, hey Pete, I'm looking forward to seeing him running. For fact, I'm going to go out Thursday morning just to see him train. I can't wait. You got to set the pictures. I want the pictures. I mean, it's gonna. Yeah. You might not even see it. It's like the Flash running across. So yeah. you got to watch. <laughs> Uh, Paul, we got we got a Pletcher in post fifteen. It's just not the yeah. Pletcher that we uh, wanted. Fr- Howard, what did we talk about last night? That was the number we picked. The first pill out, the very first one, is the fifteen, and it goes to fourteen. Of course, but that's okay. That's okay. Paul, you might want to move your fun. camera down a little bit. You're 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 slipping down to the bottom. You're you're, you're slip sliding down the bottom of the screen there. Um, Everything's fine. Listen, TT could have gotten the one hole, Paul, because that was open for a while. And I was getting very nervous. And then the 20 was open, and this freaking, well, we'll talk. This Japanese 9,001 shot's yeah. going to get the 20 hole. But we're okay with five, right? I mean, it could be worse. It's not great, but it's yeah. okay. It could be four, three, two, or one. It could be four <laughs> numbers worse. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do we're going to quickly give our thoughts on the post position draw. If you are sitting here, waiting live or if you're listening as a replay and you want to get right to the top 10 you might want to fast forward about 15 minutes we're going to talk in detail about the top 10 horses but the first thing we are going to do is talk about the post position draw and guys i got a little surprise for you because i have howard kravitz's morning line odds and value line and i have a little uh i have some bones to pick with uh, mr battaglia and with the morning line but let's get to it right now guys here is let me take off the banners right now here and I'm going to bring on, here is the draw, the post positions for the 149th Kentucky Derby. There it is, guys, up on the screen. I'm going to go full screen. Here's where I wanted to go, guys. First, very quick reactions from both of you, and then we'll talk about winners and losers, and then I'll show, we'll talk about the odds. But Pete Visco, you'll, you'll first. I'm going full screen. Just quick uh, snap take reaction uh, at these at these uh, post draws, I mean, when I first saw a couple things that jumped out, obviously poor hit show. I mean, that's never that's never the thing. You don't want to be in the dreaded in the dreaded one hole, especially for a horse who most likely is it likes to be a little bit closer or at least mid pack at the worst. So you hope he doesn't get shuffled back. If you're a fan of his, obviously tap it trice. I'll leave that one to you guys first, and then I'll give my opinion later. Derma Sotagake was interesting. I mean, if he is, I mean, no, he's pretty tactical and he's actually been pretty versatile in his races. But if the plan was to send him, then, you know, the 17 isn't, isn't the greatest thing in the world, although he does have pretty much nothing but closers in the four slots next to him. So he should be able to get away a little bit quickly and sort of gun out if he really wants to. Those were the big ones. And then from an age, I'm an angel of empire and Forte fan. I really loved where they were. <clears throat> Stay out of trouble, stay on the outside, get a clear run. So those are my big takeaways. Guys, we're getting some comments in the chat, and I brought, I got this from Twitter. I, there are some mistakes, apparently, that we're seeing. Is, is Yeah, Jace's uh, Road is actually 50, and who's the other one? Why am I? Okay, Maybe so the Jace, other one was actually adjusted already. There were two. Jace's okay, so Road, Jace's I think, Road was 50. Jace's road should be 50 to one. That makes a lot more sense to me. Yes. I saw that and I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, I was at school guys. So again, if this is wrong, I apologize. And 
And what is the other one? Does anyone know the other one? I can't. I thought there was another one that also had okay. 15. If anybody knows in the chat, okay. throw it up. there might have been another one that was 15 in the initial announcement, but it was a typo. Is it or... reincarnate? Should be 15 instead of 50? No, I don't. No? I didn't hear that, right? that one. I didn't hear that okay. one come down because that one made absolutely no sense to me. So, okay. I mean, I don't like reincarnate, but I don't think he should be okay. 50. So, all right. Um, Paul, your initial um, snap take thoughts on the post drop. Well, I think Forte got uh, a, a great spot. I would love to have had that spot for Tapa Trice. Um, I agree with Pete. I think if you're an angel of empire, person you got to like that spot um otherwise um i'll tell you who i did not think the draw did any favors for a verifying and two fills yep. uh, i think both want to be forward and you know one thing how we we might not like the fact that our boys a little further inside than we want but it's in my opinion it's much worse to be down there with a horse who's kind of not necessarily wants to be on the lead but wants to be forward and you're going to have to hustle him out of there pretty quickly. So uh, I, I don't. I think the two and three probably took the worst of it. Practical move. I don't really like the horse, but perfect spot I think for for him for the uh, Santa Anita Derby champ. Uh, and I'm happy to hear that Chase's Road is 50 and not 15 because I thought that was just silly. So yeah. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking them up uh, right now just to, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think really the two and three kind of took the worst of it, in my opinion. Hey, I, hey, the, the, oh, I was just going to say, sorry, Howard. I didn't mention the 17 is the funny one because we've never had a UAE or, you know, Japanese winner of the Derby. We also have never had a horse win out of the 17 hole. So just another interesting post position fact. My quick take, and I know we're going to talk about, you know, on Wednesdays, our Kentucky Derby show, late pick five, you know, in detail. It, I think there's some inside speed here, guys. I, I, I do not envision a slow pace. This whole, like, slow pace argument, I don't understand. And I'm not saying that because I have a big future on Tapatrice, as does Paul. But, I mean, verifying's got to go. Two fills is not slow. Confidence game, by a lot of figs I've seen, guys, might be one of the fastest early in this race. I know people find that hard to believe. Um, you know, uh, Derma Sadagake's got to go from the 17 hole. I mean, I think he was going anyway. I already talked about Rocket Camp, the blinkers on from the 18, uh, Pete and Paul. I think he's going to go. My overall take is there's definitely enough speed that the closers can win. I don't think it's going to be a pace meltdown, but that's my main take. Real quick, Pete, give me one or two horses winners, one or two horses losers, Based on the post draw, Paul, you'll do the same, and then I'll show a sheet with some odds that I want to discuss. Pete, I, mean, I go, I, I go winners. Angel of Empire, Forte, Practical Move, or probably, I, probably my three winners. And then if I was going to say losers, I would go Hit Show. I'd go Tap It Trice just a bit, and probably Verifying. Paul, winners and losers. Well, I, I, I think Pete's right on target. My, my big winners would be. Uh, Forte and Angel of Empire uh, and my losers uh, I think my top two losers are going to be verifying the two fills I mean I'm not thrilled with the five for our guy but uh, I'd much rather be a, a horse of his profile there than the two and three yeah I, I you know I, I'm right with you guys I think the two and three did not get 
Uh, very good draw. I put Tapa Trice, borderline bad draw. I mean, he could have gotten an outside. He didn't. And I agree. I mean, practical move. Got a great post, Pete. Uh, and, and Angel of Empire and Forte, I mean, unfortunately, for selfishly for me, they're very good horses. They got great draws. I mean, so, you know, I think Thermo Sotagake is okay. I think it's a little bit wider than they want to be, but I think this horse is better wider. I also think Mage and Skinner got real nice draws in the eight and nine, guys. And we're going to talk a lot more detail again about this race as we go throughout the week, but I'm very interested in both of them. I really, and they have real nice draws. Um, it, there, there's speed everywhere guys. And, and maybe it's not like lightning fast speed, but I think there's enough release speed to make it interesting. Now here's what I want to do. Um, I, I want to show, I, I create a spreadsheet guys that I'm going to show what I'm going to show everyone right now are the actual odds. And I have to change Jace's road. No, Jace's road on the Kentucky Derby website is still 15 to one. So, Really? I, hmm. Yeah. Well, did they I, say on the I, show that he was supposed to be fifty? They said why, no. They why said are people 15? saying that that's wrong then? Well, I think no. they. I think they, it's so far off that they think it must be wrong. No, I thought someone posted that it was a typo, but maybe maybe that was a tweet that wasn't correct. So who knows? So racing down wind said after the draw, where it came out on Twitter. But listen, it's Twitter. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's we'll, where we'll I have saw to do, it. Yeah. I hate to be give bad information. Maybe. You know, if it's still 15 to one on the website, it's got to be correct. So I don't know if one of you guys can look into that a little more as we go along here, but um, I'm just going to assume it's 15 until I hear otherwise, even though I think that's completely hard to believe. Um, here's, here's what I want to do guys. Let's take a look at this screen. This is something that I just made up this afternoon. I, I'd love to hear everyone's opinion on what they think. So this is a spreadsheet I made this first column here. This MB is Mike Battaglia. The, the first column are the actual morning line odds. The middle column would be my morning line odds. I want to make this very clear. Morning line odds means what I think the public will make these horses, not what my opinion is. You want my opinion, guys? That's right here, the value line. This third column is my value line. This is what I believe the odds should be at post time. And they're all correct mathematically guys just to let you know like these are all viable odds and this last column is my personal percent chance that i think these horses have to win the race based on this column here so let's just very quickly go through this any thoughts pete pete we'll have you go first again what morning line odds do you think are just completely off the off the radar here my personal uh morning line odds would be in the middle and then my actual value line, what I think the odds should be, are on the right-hand column. And, and uh, you know, people can laugh. I mean, I've continued our 250 to 1. I mean, the, 50 to 1 is ridiculous on this horse. Anyway, any quick thoughts, Pete? I'll scroll slowly so you can see uh, your opinions on either what I have or what Mike Battaglia did. Yeah, I'm trying to look real quick to see if anything really jumps out. I actually, I mean, I agree with some of the ones you have as sort of the big bombs because, yeah, I mean, I know they they always have to set them relatively low, but in terms of chance of winning, I, I agree with those. I think uh, Kings Barnes is a funny one that came in a little low in the in the Mike Battaglia line, twelve to one. I know he's got a lot of ones there, and and he looks like he has some talent, but I feel like he's probably closer to what you have him as opposed to that 12. And then if I'm looking, I think maybe, I, I think Derma Sotogake, I, I could see him actually being lower 
on the day. So it's somewhere between, I think the morning line might be a little bit high. I agree. Probably just based on, I, I mean, just based on history and stuff, I think you're 12 to one doesn't sound bad, but I think in terms of what it's going to look like on the day, I think that one's probably might be a touch high as well. Uh, Paul, any thoughts on Mike Battaglia's line? Let, 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 me, let me say this. Okay. I want to make this real clear. And Paul, I'm assuming you're going to agree. Of all the things in this world, in the horse racing world, that's wrong and things that are right. But in terms of things that are wrong, Mike Battaglia's morning line in the Kentucky Derby, to me, Paul, is about ranks about 285th in things that we need to fix or be concerned about. But I think it is worth mentioning because this is the most popular race of the year. And when I see like Ray's Kane at 15 to 1 morning line, I mean, come on. Does he really think that Ray's Kane is going to be 15 to 1 morning line? That is that that's an embarrassment, Paul. I'm sorry. It's just completely ridiculous. Well, I think Jason's road at 15 to 1 is more ridiculous. And you know, I agree. what I th- what I thought you were going to say, Howard, though, is I agree with you. It, it's it, it is kind of a big nothing burger. Who cares? Uh, yeah. and it is not it is not easy because remember he's trying to predict what the betting public is going to do. And this is the one day a year that the market is flooded with money from people who do not bet horses the other 364 days a year. So, you know, we can look at a, you know, a Saturday race at Keeneland with our good friend, Nick Tamero who has six first time started two year olds, two others who have run once, you know, and say, boy, that's a tough line to predict how they're going to bet. But, you know, we know who's betting that race, right? People who know that Wesley Ward wins that race a lot, et cetera, et cetera. So to try to predict what the public is going to do on this day is really a fool's errand. And remember, that's what he is trying to do. So, Uh, guys, I'm getting a lot of response. It looks like Jace's road is 50. That was a mistake, and I, I believe Ray's Kane is also uh, Ray's Kane is also fifty. You know, this that's is not the, the first one. time. Yeah, that's the this one. is not the first time that Churchill has done this, guys. I mean, so uh, well, you know. it's only the Kentucky Derby. What's the big deal? Yeah, I mean, so okay, I, I'm going to assume that that's correct because so that would make a lot more sense to me that Jace is fifty and Ray's Kane, and those are still low in my. I mean, I've got them 150 to one in my personal value line. I mean. If anyone bets these horses at 50 to 1, I think that's crazy. Now, people would say, what about last year, Rich? Again, Haley's Comet, weird, bizarro. The chance of that happening twice in a row, very strange. Anything else, guys? Then we're going to go on to the top 10. Um, and you can feel free, yeah, to, I criticize. Think, I think, feel free uh, to criticize the last column because that's yes, what I'd I like think to. the yep. horses should yep. be at most time. Yeah, I'd like to criticize the last column if I Please could. Please do. Um, <laughs> No, I, I really think you're off. We talked about it last night. Uh, I think you're off base on disarm. He is training okay. better than anyone. And I'm not, again, not saying he's going to win, but he has a much better chance than uh, horses you have at lower odds, in my opinion. Humble, my humble opinion. Give, give me a horse, Paul, that is, I have at lower odds as a better chance than disarm, just, just for fun. Hit show probably is one. You mean that disarm has a better chance than yeah, him? you knew what I meant. I, I missed, yes, I misspoke. Yes, I think he has a better chance than uh Kings Barnes. I think he has a better chance than Dermasota Gake. 
What? In my opinion. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I, hey, look. You're talking. <laughs> you are talking. No okay. one. No one you know has fallen uh, more for these horses coming over here for this race <laughs> than me. Yeah, I've had good. all of them. Thunder Snow, Snow White, Seven Dwarfs, Crown Pride, Queen Pride, Angel, what, all of them, okay? Look, it. if we're going to say the practical move, got a dream, two dream trips, and we're going to discount him, as I think you and I are kind of leaning on doing, Alan. I mean, can we talk about how easy a trip this horse got in the UAE Derby? Yeah, but he's... Well, okay, we'll, we'll we'll talk about. It. We we got we're we're coming up. Yeah. If you agree with Paul, put it in the chat. Who's more like who's more likely to win, Disarm or Derma Sotagake? I I I don't. I Disarm has not won ran one race, including his win at Saratoga. That's good enough to win this race at, at all. But that's okay. That's the beauty. This is the most difficult handicap uh, race to handicap guys of the year, and you get the most varied opinions of any race, Pete. It, as we do here, as we talk about our top 10 right now, we're going to have widely different opinions just amongst the three of us. And we all have, well, I have respect for you too. I don't know about the other way around, yeah. but uh, you know, we, we've obviously deep dive with these horses all year long. So we have, at least we have, you know, a very educated opinions, whether they're going to be correct or not, who the hell knows guys. Um, all right. Should we jump in to the top 10? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. So we're going to go in reverse chronological order. Again, this is now these again, we talked about this last night. If you were not part of our show last night, these are not, I repeat, these are not the three of us on the screen, our opinions of who's going to finish one through 10. These are based on the Vegas odds as of right now. Again, this is being filled on Monday night. These are the pretty up to date current Vegas odds, not more in line odds by Metaglia or the or Churchill Downs. The, the Vegas odds of the, uh, the 10 lowest uh, odd horses or most likely winners of the race. The first horse we're going to talk about, P, I'm going to have you go first. This is a horse that just got in uh, a few days ago. He was on the AE list. To me, this horse is absolutely fascinating. It is Skinner for John Sheriffs, who knows how to win a Kentucky Derby. And this horse is going to be ridden uh, by Juan Hernandez. I believe his first Derby mount. I could be wrong about that. Uh, what's your thoughts on Skinner, Pete? Skinner to me has up till this point, Skinner to me has been on that in sort of that third bucket for me, which is more in the trifecta superfecta range. Not that I don't think he's a, but I do think he is a win contender. Like if, if I had to say there's maybe 10 horses who I think can, you can make a logical case to win the race. I think he's one of them. I don't personally love him that much. The Santa Anita Derby, it, it was nice, but I, and I just thought he should have gone by. And I worry about him in, in not passing and not being ready to pass the horses that he's going to have to pass in this race. So it seems like he's training well. seems like he's sharp. He's on the improve. He's, you know, it looks like the distance should be no trouble based on his breeding. But for some reason, he just doesn't feel like the horse. I feel like there's horses who run his style better than he does at least right now maybe in the future that'll change but i feel like i like other closers who are going to be in a similar position that i think are just better than him at this point we're going to switch over to the uh uh pps there perfect um paul your thoughts on skinner who by the way is about 25 to 1 in vegas and what was he on bataglia's line he was um 20 20 to 1 paul uh 
I think I'll be using him, and as Pete says, underneath, I, I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where he wins. Although, if you play in the numbers, you know, that 99, Santa Anita Derby did come back fast, and he put up a 99. Uh, he is a curling. Uh, John Sheriffs is not a guy who suffers from the dreaded DFS Derby fever syndrome. He only comes when a horse brings him. So I, I think those are all positives. Uh, again, you would assume the distance is no issue. It's just a question of how far back is he going to be? I think in this field, he has the potential to be like maybe 15th at the first turn. And, you know, can he make up that much ground? Paul, you've got Mandarin Hero, who's not in the race, and then, of course, Practical Move. Uh, Skinner's been wide. It, it looked like he might have hung a little bit here in the San Anita Derby. I don't know what either one of your quick thoughts on the San Anita Derby that we just watched. I mean, that's what I thought, because watching it, I thought, because I, I had doubts about Practical Move holding at a mile and an eighth, and then... Skinner made the move. I mean, he made the move that you're going to probably have to make in the Derby. I don't want to, you can't really complain about being wide. Most likely you're going to be a little bit wide in the Derby. You're not going to get the cleanest of trips if you're coming from the back and you have to push through that and, and then go by. And I, it was a little disappointing to me that he didn't in that race. So maybe he takes a step forward. I saw Nick put a, put a comment in there where he Skinner did have the best thorough graph of anyone in, in that race and it looked like based on his sort of based on his projection or, or I should say progression on his thoroughgraph, it looked like he has a move forward coming. And if he does, that vaults him up. But it just it's tough for me to to look for that in this race. He's been wide, guys. I am very interested in this horse. In fact, I think this horse is going to finish in front of practical move in this race. I I if in the Superfecta that I'll be playing. I might put this horse in the first position along with a bunch of others. If I were playing an ABC pick five, Paul, which we talked about a lot, this horse would probably be about a B as in boy for me. I This horse is very interesting to me, and I would not underestimate John Sheriffs in this situation. He's also got a great post. So I think this horse is really interesting, guys. I, I, I'm curious to see what Skinner does. Uh, let's go to the horse that's right next door. And we had a big debate about who ran a better race in the Florida Derby between this horse and the probable favorite in the Kentucky Derby. And Paul, we're going to have you talk about this uh, horse that's trained by Gustavo Delgado, who's had some horses in uh, the Derby. And that is the very interesting Mage. And I played Mage in the Florida Derby and I was feeling pretty good uh, in the stretch. Uh, you know, I think Louie did what he had to do. The horse, I did, when I played him and saw that he was a last early, dead last, I mean, I'm playing him to be somewhat forward. So I thought he was out of it. So I think Louie did what he had to do. You know, remember, he, in addition to trying to win that race, you know, they obviously needed points like everyone else. And just look at he he breaks second to last. Yeah, he's the four. Uh, that's just, that's not usually what he does. Forte is the 11. I'll fast for it to the mid mid back stretch. We can see the big. Here's Mage, I think, last. right here, right, guys? Yeah, last. Dead last. And here's DFL. Forte. I'll let it run through. It's worth watching again, um, and we, we can talk about it because not everyone probably uh, might remember this race exactly. Go ahead, Paul. I'll let you uh, take it through. Yeah, the, so, uh, wire. you know, Louis is, you know, and remember, Louis looking at Forte right in front of him. So he really has no choice 
you know, he's not going to let Forte go off by himself. So, uh, you know, I, I think he did exactly what he needed to do. You know, he, he was tracking Forte. Uh, you know, he, he had to take the wide trip here, and he is going to be fairly wide on this turn, although uh, I read really thinks he has the best horse because he says, screw this, I'm going to go even wider. But, uh, you know, right here, um, I'm, I'm liking my chances at 9-2 with Mage, and I just think he gets a little late. And, hey, this is the Kentucky Derby favorite who's going to come and grab him right before the wire. So uh, I think if you're looking for horses to advance off this race, as far as figure-wise, I think there's a, a chance of Mage advancing by a, more of a number than Forte. And Pete, it is fair to say that Forte was geared down in the last few strides. And of course, the Derby is another eighth of a mile. So we should take both those things into consideration. I know, Pete, you were a big fan of Forte in this race in terms of the trip. You disagreed with Paul and myself. You thought Forte had the worst of it. What's your thoughts on Mage in the Derby? He gets a nice post. And, and the other thing, Paul, that was only his third lifetime start. Right. That was his third lifetime start. That's usually a negative, though, Pete, in this kind of race where he's only got three lifetime starts. Yeah, it, it's good. It usually takes a little bit more than that, unless you're, you know, you're you're sort of near, nearer to the top of the crop. So it's it's like if you're just a superstar, say, you know, justify, and you sort of tower over the group, then maybe that lack of seasoning doesn't hurt you as much. But with Mage, I think he's still figuring it out. We've seen that the break hasn't always been as good. He's still learning how to do that. If you break bad in the derby, it's tough. And, and if you, you if that's not what you want to do, it could take everybody out of their game, including the jockeys in some case. I don't care how experienced you are. And so, I yeah, I thought Forte was better. I thought he blew by him. I thought he beat him very comfortably. I thought Mage got a little leg weary. I don't necessarily love good magic as a mile and a quarter, but I had this horse actually, though, on sort of the B line in terms of, hey, if somebody's going to win, it, it doesn't – he can – if he can get a good trip, I think he doesn't want to be in the back again. I don't want him closing from way too far back, but if he breaks well, if he can be tactical, if he could sit up close, I think he's got a shot at especially if he's chasing horses that he's better than talent wise, then at least I think he can make a move and, and be in contention in the lane. Uh, Vegas has him around 20. Mike Vitale has him 15 guys. If he can break, and I don't know what happened in the Florida Derby. If he can break, I think he's interesting. I'm a little worried about the distance, but in terms of talent, he re he reminds me a bit of Taba. And and don't don't be like what this is a talented horse, guys. This is a very talented horse. I don't know if he can put it together. I agree with you, Pete. He'd be like a B as in boy and an ABC. I would not be shocked if he wins this race. I don't expect it, but I think he could definitely finish the top three. And I don't want to keep rehashing the floor derby. But I agree with Paul. I thought he ran a better race than than Forte based on the circumstances. But it was self-inflicted, Pete, because it was it was always Mage's fault that he didn't break. So anyway, when I go back and debate the Florida Derby, this is a very talented yeah. horse. We agree that if he can take a step forward and put it together, I think he's possible to win this whole damn thing. He's interesting. Let's go to number eight. Um, Paul and I have some confidence of some horses, but do we have confidence? In confidence game. This is a very interesting horse. And Paul, I know you watched the morning show quite a bit. And if if you've heard the, you know, heard from Keith DeSormo and James Graham, the jockey, they are very high on confidence game. Uh, why don't you talk first, Paul, 
about confidence game who in Vegas is somewhere around 12 to 22. And of course you see on the screen is 20 to one morning line by Mike Pataglia. Well, I'm going to be wrong if this horse comes anywhere near to winning. Uh, I know that it's a different time and, you know, the curse of Apollo was broken, although it's still like one for 71 or whatever. Um, and trainers run their horses less frequently, but I am, I think there's a difference between running a four or five year old, uh, let's even say flight line last year into the Breeders' Cup or Cody's Wish into the Dirt Mile off the forego, a four-year-old, then running a three-year-old in the most difficult race in the world off 70 days. I think there is no way this horse is winning this race off a 70-day layoff. So there. I mentioned the pace scenario, and for those of you that are not familiar, and again, Pete and Paul, we're going to have a lot of people that have not seen this a show, the HHH Racing Podcast before. So I just want to be clear for people who are not familiar with some of the colors that you see on the screen, if you're watching this on video live or as a replay, those are time form US numbers, those red and blue numbers. And red means fast races. Those are fast coded races. Blue means slow. So this horse has been up close, Paul and Pete, into pretty fast paces. He's got the four He's fresh. He just had, what, a, what, a 111 and one, I think, uh, uh, Saturday morning in a workout. He's fresh. I think they have to use him early, right, Pete? I expect this horse to be in the first flight or very near it. I agree. No, I agree. I think that's where he'll most likely be. I think he'll be, especially because again, there isn't, there isn't lightning fast speed in this race. There's no, you know, pure speed front runners. So I think this one has shown, and I think a couple of our, I know Nick has talked about this and a couple of our commenters have talked about it. Like just because a horse looks like they get the lead sometimes doesn't make them fast. It just means they they were faster in that race or they had the lead in that race. This horse looks to be naturally pretty fast. Yeah. So I, I think this horse will be close. And and again, I think you might have said it wouldn't shock you if he sort of inherits the lead for no. a little bit, even if it's not, you know, start to finish all the way around. It wouldn't shock me just because he's a little bit faster than some of the other speed and has the post to necessarily where he's going to have to get out and, and maybe do it. Uh, here's my problem with this horse, Paul. I'd like to be believe. I think Keith Sormo is a very underrated horseman, by the way. I think he's yeah, very good. He's good. And James Graham is a very solid veteran jockey who I've seen ride for 20 years uh, when he was at Arlington. So it's not the connections that bother me, but the layoff is a little bit of a concern. It was planned. Let's just make this clear. There was no injury. It was planned. They just thought the horse would be good with some more time. My main concern, guys, his best number was number one on the slop. And number two, that rebel. I mean, he beat Red Route, Red Route 1, who, I'm sorry, just doesn't do much for me. Another good candidate to win the Iowa Whoa, Derby. whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy. On sorry, Paul. I know you're a big fan. I'm just – he barely barely won last you're right about You're right about the Rebel, though. And, and Reincarnate, who you admit is not a very good horse, so at least in your opinion. So who did he beat? I mean, we'll see. I, I think – his top for me is like third or fourth. I just don't see him in the top two. I think something weird would have to happen. He's 12, you know, about 15, 20 to one um, in Vegas. We'll, we'll have to see. Any final thoughts, and then we're going to move on, guys? 
about. No, I was just going to say to your to your point about if you look at his Tomlinson, he's got a 455 Tomlinson rating. So when you look at that, you say maybe he did just love the slop and he did get a pretty yeah. a pretty Most good trip. Ride. The candy into, yeah, slot. yeah. Yep. And he got a pretty good trip into a very hot pace against the field that didn't turn out to be all that great. So that that was my always my concern with him. And then, yeah, the layoff seems to be problematic. I still could think it wouldn't shock me if he somehow hit the bottom. But I mean, if he won, it would be a tough. I mean, he would be tough to come up with, I think, on the win end, unless you just love the way he looks this week, which a lot of people do. So I could see him taking some money, too. Uh, very quick, I just want to promote a few things. We have a lot of people watching. We really appreciate all the viewership. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. If you've not done so, smash that like button, hit the notification bell. You can listen to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We've got tremendous uh, tip sheet called Power Picks, one of the most inexpensive and profitable in the country, a proven uh, historic $2.59 ROI which is completely accurate. We, we're very transparent. We also have a great website that my good friend right there, Pete Visco, is in charge of and does a great job. Please check that out, hhhracingpodcast.com. All right, guys, let's go to a horse that I think is pretty uh, – people have strong opinions. I have a very strong opinion on this horse, and it's not a positive one. Um, this is one of the three Pletcher entries. This is the horse that's going to break – from the six hole, Pete, I'm going to have you go first. Kings Barnes has done absolutely nothing wrong. Three for three, over 650,000, romped in Louisiana Derby. I know some people might be thinking, Howard, why don't you like Kings Barnes? I'll talk third about Kings Barnes. Pete, your dime, your dance floor, sir, as they like to say. <laughs> what do you think, Pete? Okay. Yeah, you, you cut out for a second, so I, oh, I wasn't sure that. if you were if you were handing it over. That's okay. I was. So uh, I see Nick loves King Barnes in the in the, in the okay. chat there. So I think the big question with King Barnes, obviously, that everyone has, aside from lack of experience. I mean, the Louisiana Derby. He's on his third start. He's only run this year. He doesn't have that two year old foundation. He in that Louisiana Derby, he ran basically the one of the slowest derby prep races and maybe the history of derby prep races so he just coasted on the lead now i think if you want to play devil's advocate to that it's like did he just do what the best move was for that race and just back it down although if you listen to some of the paul and i referenced one of the in the money media podcasts this week that had paul matisse and um, sean borman on and they were talking about their own figures and the one thing they talked about with this horse was yeah he went slow so he won comfortably, but he didn't come home with a nice late pace figure. So if that yeah. concerns you, that's what the thing is. But I don't know if you could just look at it and say he got an easy trip. He got the trip that won the race and he got the trip that that was the best move for that race. I don't personally love him as a horse on top, but I would have him as a I have him as a potential winner if everything went right now in the Derby almost nothing goes right. So I think it's going to be tough for him, but he's talented and maybe he's just really good and hasn't really peaked yet. And this is when he's going to peak. You just don't know yet. Paul, your thoughts on Kings Barnes uh, undefeated three for three. Well, I loved him in the Louisiana Derby, so he owes me nothing. Yes, he did. Um, I, I think it's a big ask, although I, I hearkened back to an old-time basketball referee named Edgar Catano, 
who I spent Florida Derby Day with in an OTB. How would you appreciate it? We were at an IBO. We were at IBO convention, which is the basketball officials group, and we left the life member luncheon to go. We were actually at a high life front on betting horses. Anyway, it was Barbaro's year, and I didn't like him uh, in the race. Uh, this is the prep race. Can I interrupt and, you with Nick Feldman's comment? He said, we did have Pletcher on. Uh, Paul and I interviewed Todd Pletcher. I don't have the number. For those of you that are interested, you can go back several episodes. Yeah, we interviewed that. Todd Pletcher in January, and he did like Kings Barnes even then. Um, so check out our interview with Todd Pletcher, um, myself and Paul, as Nick Feldman uh, mentioned. Go ahead, Paul. Anyway, so this, this old time, Edgar, as Barbara was undefeated, says to me, hey, kid. They ain't beat them yet. What makes you think they're going to beat them this time? <laughs> so ever since then, any horse who's undefeated is at least a C on my ticket. Uh, I think this horse is probably a more likely winner of a, a three-year-old race down the line. However, uh, a lot of smart people think he's got a good chance. So uh, as I say, he's a C for me right now in my ABC. He's one of the horses I believe can win. Could become a B by uh, race day, but right now he's the C. By the way, episode uh, episode two twenty two twenty four. Howard was the the Pletcher for anyone looking. Episode two twenty four. Two twenty four. Thank you, Pete. Uh, good friend Matt Miller, uh, BCBC champ twenty twenty one. Great guy, excellent, one of the best contest players in the world. Said this is the kind of horse talking about Kings Barnes in Matt's opinion. Uh, that wins the race and makes sense once you already know that he won. He's done nothing wrong. Impossible to fully toss him here in Matt's opinion. He is, uh, guys, about 12, 15 to 1 in Vegas. And again, here are the, here's the more lines, 12 to 1 by Mike Battaglia. But Howard, I have him at, what? 30 to 1. So here's my thoughts, guys. Um Oh, sorry, I didn't want to do that. I want to take that off the screen. Here's here's my thought. Obviously, I love Todd Pletcher. I love the connections. I like the horse. I talked about this last night. He has gotten the last two trips, dream, dream trips. The Tampa Bay allowance race, he faced nothing. He was on the inside, came up the inside, and did it as easily as possible. I know, Pete, he's got to, he can't control who he faced. I get it. But he saved ground the whole way. The, the Louisiana Derby was somewhat embarrassing with the pace that he got. He didn't come home lightning fast, as you said, Pete. And again, Disarm was second, and I don't like Disarm. So the Louisiana Derby was extremely bad, Louisiana Derby this year. He's gotten dream trip after dream trip. He is not going to be up. This whole, like, he might be on the lead. There is no freaking way this horse is on the lead. I would be absolutely shocked. And here's the other thing. He's got Tampa Trice to his left. I, I'm not saying he's not going to send, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, uh, you know, if he decides to be aggressive. And, you know, he's not going to cut off Tampa Trice, that's for sure. So, I, I I don't know. I'm very interested to see what he does. I've got him at best, like, fifth or sixth. I just don't see it. This is too much too soon. Last thing I'll say, Pete and Paul, you can comment. It took him a long time to decide who the rider was. So my vibe with Pletcher is, although he likes the horse, like this is his third string. It's just the vibe I get. 
I mean, I could see that. I mean, I could see it, but it's a pretty good third string to have. You still it have is. an undefeated horse who's it who's is. pretty talented, who costs a lot of money. He's got Tappet on the on the damn side. He's got Uncle Mo on the top. So he's got he's got some stuff going for him. And again, I think it could be a little bit too much too soon. But I before the Louisiana Derby, and I, I was with you, Paul. I had him in the Louisiana Derby as well with the expectation that I like that he's sort of tactical. And I looked at him as a horse that has the right running style for the Derby quick enough to get out. doesn't need the lead. It again, it's just hard to know if that's going to happen in a race with 20 horses when you're only on your, your fourth race and, and you haven't really faced a ton of adversity against good quality horses. But for me, he's sort of straddling the BC line if we're looking at it from a, from an ABC grid. So I don't want to leave him off. I don't want to lose uh, you know, a horizontal if he wins. So I, that's where I sort of have him. I don't have him in my top group of, of top contenders, but sort of in that, in that jumble right below. Okay. Um, let's go on. Let's go on the next horse guys. Now this horse as a fan of Tappa Trace, this next horse scares the living crap out of me and Pete Visco, we have to let you go first because <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to tease people for our Wednesday show when we're actually publicly picking our top choice, but I know you are, and rightly so, a huge fan of Brad Cox's probably best possibility to win the Derby this year. A Pennsylvania Brad who's done absolutely nothing wrong. Five for six in the money, four wins, and that is the number, I believe, 14 horse, Angel of Empire. Pete, fire away, because I think this is one of the horses you really like. Yeah, no, I really do. And I don't, we, yeah, we won't step on Wednesday, but this is definitely one that's in my, in my top tier. He's a top line, definite winning potential horse for me. I, I love the, I love that Pratt picked him. I love having him back on, especially since I thought he rode him so well last time. The one thing with him that I really like too, well, two things, you know, me, I, I, I say it to death on this show. I love an improving horse and he's, he's improving incrementally. So he didn't make like that one jump from, and again, buyer isn't the end all be all, but it's the barometer we can use, but it's the same in time form. He hasn't made like a, Oh, he ran an 80 and then he ran a 96. And you're like, well, where the hell did that come from? This horse has incrementally gotten better. I like that he's, a, and in his two best races have come once they stretched him out. It looks like the distance is his friend. He gets powerful. Even in his works, you've seen it. His gallop outs have been really strong. He seems to get more and more powerful as they go longer. And he runs, a, he's not a deep, deep closer. He comes from the back. He's like, he came from ninth, two back in the Risen Star. But he can work himself a trip to where, I feel like he runs that race where he's, he could be in third or fourth when they hit the top of the lane with a lot more kick. If he's chasing horses that were going to start sucking wind in that last eighth of a mile, 16th of a mile. So I, I love this horse. I hope he shows up. I hope he runs his race. I hope he gets a solid trip. And I love the fact that hopefully he's around that to one, whatever price he's sitting at. I hope he's in that general vicinity. Yeah. He's got about 10 to one in Vegas. And Mike Battaglia had him at um, I think eight, right? At eight yeah. to one. I, I I think he could go off lower than that personally. Um, Pete, he got he was mid pack in the RSI Derby and blew by the field again. It was not the best field. We just talked about it, but this to me is one of the more likely winners of this race. Um, if I had to, you know, if someone gave me a million dollars right now and said pick the winner, I might go with this horse. I'll wait till Wednesday for my final decision. It's also a great post, Paul. He's been galloping out great. People brought up Pratt, Paul, in the last you know, in the chat. 
Pratt did ride Kings Barnes last time. I suppose he had a choice. He's no dummy. Pratt knows how to ride this uh, this Kentucky Derby, and he's chosen Angel of Empire. That has to give fans of Angel of Empire a lot of confidence, Paul. Yes, and uh, he has recently been promoted to the A-line on my ABC grid, okay. so I'm sure he's uh, – yep. yeah, he's my third A. I was back and forth, and the, the draw did it for me today. The way he's going to run, he should be able to stay out of trouble. You're right, yep. Howard Pratt did decide, and he decided relatively quickly. that. And, and as I think we talked about it on the show one night. This is where I thought he would land that Arkansas Derby – Unlike the Rebel, which was a terrible prep race, the Arkansas Derby, in my opinion, I'm going to pull it up right now, was a very good race. You had uh, King Russell, who was on the AEs for this race, Reincarnate, who's in the race, Rocky Kian, who's in the race, Red Route 1, who's going to the Preakness, uh, Bourbon Bash, who's not the worst horse in the world, finished last. Uh, I, I think this horse is a is a major contender. I agree with my friend Pete. He's right now. He did get a dream trip. I mean, he 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 had no one in front of him. He, he just swept around everyone. He got a great trip, but the way he did it again, the visual here. I know he only got a ninety four. So people might argue this was a you know this this horse is a little bit slow. He's right here, but he does it so damn professionally. And I love the connections. And Brad Cox is. He switches lead on cue and just explodes right here. And he's just he's just always looked like a nice horse. I love the breeding. By the way, the dam side, uh, Paul, he's by a two-honor-and-serve mare, who was a real nice horse that ran on the East Coast. Um, I mean, he's doing it so damn easily. This is just – I don't think we have much more to add. Um, I have him 5-1 to one in my own personal morning line. Like, in my chances to win, I think he could be – or should be around five to one. I don't think he's going to be that, but do you think he's that good? I mean, could he, in your guys' mind, is he possibly the second most likely winner of this race after Forte? Because he is for me. No. No. <laughs> How are you going to, you know, Paul's going to say tap it trice. He's probably actually, it's tap it trice, then Forte, right, Paul? Potentially? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Herberto. Uh, Suero just uh, disagrees. He's got Angel Vampire. What's up, Irberto? Thanks for joining the show. Uh, John Moeller, Angel Vampire. Look, I, I think he's uh, Michael Oson. He's got uh, probably a B, but maybe an A. Um, if can, anyone can picks I... Angel oh, Vampire, go I got no problem with it. Go ahead. We're going to move on, Pete, after your comment. Yeah, I was just going to say one quick thing, though. It's funny because I, I've been looking for who's the horse that I'm going to use if I want to do just one horse in like the first, second, third spot for a big triple and sort of circulate him around. I was trying to think of who that would be. And as much as I love Angel of Empire, he scares me a bit because he's the kind of horse I always like and who always disappoints me and doesn't <laughs> make the forward move that I want. So I just think back to my derby history and I'm like, is this the, even though I think I might like him to win, is he the one that I want to rely on to hit the board out of all the other horses? And that's something I've been struggling with. If I'm going to do that bet where I'm just going to put somebody in the first spot, second spot, third spot, and just surround them with a bunch of other horses and hope yeah, for I think some he'd mayhem. Be a great try or super key. But for those people that don't like Tapa Trace, now if you want to argue Angel Vampire is more professional, I'm not going to argue with people, Pete. But doesn't Angel Empire also have to go around a lot of horses and work out a trip too? I mean, it's not like 
you know, he's a he's a closer. I mean, he's maybe more mid pack, but he's got a lot of horses to pass too. He's not exactly tactical, so I don't know. They, you, everyone's got to work out some kind of trip to win this race. Uh, guys, we're in the top five. Let's go to the top five horses again by Vegas odds. These are not our personal top five, and this next horse I am against completely. I'll just flat out say it, and he's going to take a lot of money. That's right, Paul. Listen, I would take some stands, buddy. You know me. Paul, I'll let you go first, and you can poo-poo my uh, initial I hope I say, Whoever he is, I hope I like him, Pete. All right. <laughs> well, so too, let's go. Let's, there he is, Paul, verifying. Verifying did not get a great draw, I don't think. He got the two-hole. Um, listen, he ran a big race last time, or did he? That, I'm going to debate that a little bit. Against Tapatry, he's got a career buyer 99. This is by Justify um, out of a repent mare. So the damn side definitely has got distance. We've talked a lot on this show. Let's go full screen with all of us. Pete, real quick, you've talked about Justify and his sires a lot in this show. Can you just tell people very quickly, this is not your opinion. It's actually proven fact up to this point. Yeah, I, I have. I didn't look at the number yet to see if it's if it's any different. But I know on last time we watched verifying, the justify horses were one for twenty something, going beyond a mile and a sixteenth. And again, people will say, "Well, look, he he went a mile and an eighth, and he almost held by a neck." But I, I'm assuming you're going to talk about those circumstances and why that may have happened. But the justifies just up until this point haven't had success going beyond. So if you look though at you know, even if you look and you say, ah, routing, they're not that bad. But if you really dig in and you say, yeah, routing includes a mile, they're very good at a yeah. mile. They And they're even decent at a mile and a 16th. But beyond that, they start struggling a bit. I will say I saw Justify in person, one of the most impressive uh, sires I have ever seen. He is absolutely gorgeous and huge and just what a beautiful horse. I saw him at Coolmore. He's just, he, was, he was awesome. But anyway, Paul. Verifying, this is the half to midnight Bisu, correct? I'm pretty sure this is the one. Uh, Paul, your thoughts on verifying? Yeah, Pete, just to justify progeny up to date, all dirt routes. So that does include the miles and the mile and the 16th, four for 65. Yeah, and so, if you dig in, it gets, yeah, even gets a little worse. Paul, yeah. one more time for everyone. Yeah, justified progeny. I, I think this is the five-year sample, but of course, justify couldn't be any longer than that with them. Four for sixty-five dirt roots. Okay. The by the way, nice shirt, nice shirt, Paul. By the way, just want to mention. Thank you. you. Up Thank you. My uh, pictures your, on it. Uh, uh, other than the breeding, what's your thought here? I, I, I think that if this horse had a different post position, in my opinion, he might have been the second or third most likely winner. Uh, I wow. can't sit here and tell you how much how good I think Tapatrice is and not like this horse. That was maybe it was one of the best prep races, if not the best, and this horse was home and it took a monster horse to beat him. And I don't like the post, but he's a he, he was gonna be a B anyway for me. He's still a solid B and I have no issue with anyone who thinks this horse can win this race. Pete, I don't want to give – I'll wait to give my opinion, but this is the bluegrass. Here's verifying going by a no-hoper 86-1 to one shot and gets caught by Tappet Trace at the wire. Well, actually, but look at look at verifying. He's not asking him at all, and Tappet Trice has been under a ride right. for a typical Louis Saez, about 3 sixteenths of a mile. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, it looked like they're they're the verifying ran fantastic, and I think he, you know, he held strong. He did get pretty much a perfect trip. 
He got a pace that wasn't, you know, he didn't get an overly hot pace that he was chasing. It was actually pretty moderate, I thought. So in the end, though, you tell me, unless the trips are just really, really bad in despair, you know, in discrepancy with each other, how does Tappet Trice or a horse like that not run him down going an extra and that extra eighth of a mile. That's what I don't get. So that's where I struggle with. Now, if, if he kicks away and something crazy happens and all the closes are stuck behind some walls and nobody can get to him, sure, he could maybe win the race. But I just don't think he's holding off horses like Tappet Trice, Angel of Empire, Forte, whichever one. feed has crapped out of it did hello everyone there oh there you yeah, back. yeah the video video feed crapped out for we a have bit. so many people now watching the show right now just uh we're breaking the internet <laughs> we're basically we're just breaking sorry everyone YouTube. we're breaking, we're breaking that's the, the first literally how, what is this 253 shows i'm not sure that's really happened before we are breaking <laughs> the internet sorry everyone uh anyway pete you were just explaining that how can he win the derby if he couldn't if tapa trice couldn't uh you know if it couldn't hold off tapa trice I mean, and I just, yeah, I just think, and I saw that Nick said verifying galloped out even with Tapatrice and okay, that's fine. And I, again, I think he ran great. I just think he's going to get past. And if you're picking a horse to win, I just think somebody's going to beat him. I'm not sure who it is, but I can see verifying, getting the trip, getting first run. If he could break from that two hole and maybe being in contention for the third spot, fourth spot, something like that. Guys, I've got him at 25 to one. In my own line, that is not a misprint. I, I just, Pete, I agree with you fully here in this situation. I want someone to tell me that last race. Now, look, he got a 99. He ran great. No doubt about it. He was tracking a perfect position off of an 86 to one shot. Of course, he went by that horse easily. Tapatrice had a much more difficult trip. He, he had to angle out four wide. It wasn't the fastest pace. He cannot hold off Tapatrice going a mile and eighth. In what scenario, with a lot more speed from the two hole, is this horse going to win this race? I think he's going to be way over bet. I love the horse, guys. I think he's a real nice horse. I hate the spot. I don't think he's a mile and a quarter horse. There's a lot more speed in this race. He's going to be down inside. I think Verifying is the kind of horse, guys, that has a great chance at, at the top of the stretch to hear his name in front or like right behind the leaders and maybe in front, even at the eighth pole, like mid stretch. And then he's going to get passed by four or five horses. He's a great candidate to me to finish like fourth, fifth or sixth. I just don't see it guys. That's just Sounds my opinion. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with I, you. I, I mean, I think he could hold for higher than that, but what I, Paul, come on. <laughs> Listen, I know he, I know he barely, he was right there with our buddy, but I mean, circumstances are going to be, completely different in this race, Paul. Completely different. Right, but if Tappa Trice might not be right on his tail in this Well, could scenario. it be Angel Vampire? Like, I mean, I can name a lot of but, horses that could be right on his tail that are better. Yeah, but a lot, of horses aren't, a lot of horses aren't the best three-year-old in the crop. Fractal moves a better horse to me than Verifying. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I'm trying to think of horses that'll be right around there. I don't know. I think Mage is more talented. I don't know if he's good enough, but I don't know. I... I'm against verifying on the win end for sure. Maybe second, but I'm more third or fourth. It's just my opinion, guys. I could be wrong. We will wait. <laughs> we will wait and see. Let's we move on. 
And again, I'm, we didn't. Everyone stayed with us. I, I'm glad that was just a. I think we're literally breaking the internet. We got so many people watching. So <laughs> let's go on to the horse I just mentioned, guys. Now I have a pretty strong opinion on this horse too, and I don't have, like some horses. I'm not sure about. I feel pretty strongly about this horse. And the next horse, Pete, you're gonna go first. Uh, is a horse from California for Tim Yachtin. He's talented. He's been fantastic. Uh, seven for seven lifetime in the money. Practical move. I think fair to say the best uh, West Coast hope this year. Talk about practical move, Pete, who is um, about 12 to one in Vegas. I'll bring it up again. Breaking from the 10 hole, 10 to one morning line, according to Mike Battaglia at for Churchill. Yeah, I mean this this horse does nothing wrong, so you you can't you can't fault him on how he runs his race. I know we we like to say, hey, in his last three races, he's pretty much gotten perfect rail trips where he was able to just sit off and then make his move and you know didn't have much to do, didn't have to navigate anything too too strong, just sort of overtook horses and and actually just was able to cruise to a win. And the last one, he he didn't cruise though. In the last one, he made his move, he got the perfect trip. And he was almost run down. And the problem was whether you think he was strong enough to hold these horses off or Mandarin Hero happened to get not the best trip in the world and got out a little late and Skinner maybe didn't get the best ride and hung a little bit. Maybe that's the reason. And if you're talking about another horse who I think I'm the same with you, what you said with verifying, I think you can hear practical move down the lane. If you have him, you're going to be cheering because he's going to be on the lead or at some point. And again, I just think the distance is going to get to him. He's a practical joke, not necessarily made for the mile and a quarter. He was ready to get past. I thought in this race, I just thought the horses behind him didn't do it. And I think, I assume they did in the gallop. I don't know if you remember now, but well, I just well, think, didn't you sort of want in the draw off if you're a huge fan of the source to me? I don't know. I mean, with the trip he got, you would assume, and I guess the, the, the thought would be, I mean, again, is the thought going to be that he holds off? multiple closers again if they can get to him so if he doesn't kick away and if it's not clean and everybody else is hung up and he could kick away then sure maybe we've seen strange things happen but i just feel like he's another one that's going to get run down at some point but i think he has a good enough tactical ability to put himself in position to where he loses and could finish second third fourth easily because i think he just maybe you know one horse runs him down two horses run him down and that's about it Paul, here he is in San Felipe. This is not the same race we just watched. I mean, does this look familiar? Just sitting on the inside. He's going to get through on the inside. This is a nice horse, but boys, he got in great trip after great trip. But maybe he make obviously he makes his own trip, but still, he's not going to get this kind of trip in the Derby. Some kind of ground-saving inside trip seems very unlikely to me. It's nice how polite the uh, jockeys are out there. Mr. Mr. Cordero. <laughs> Mr. Cordero would have never made it out there because no. there he if goes he again, was on, if he's on this seven, the three is not getting this trip. Look at this. Look at this um, hole. I mean, they I gave him four pass, that hole. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, again, the race. Uh, Here's the race Skinner, by the way, on the outside. Skinner right here, just sort of green and coming on late. Yeah. The, the more I watch those replays, Howard, you could be as interested as you want in Skinner. Uh, I think he's got a shot to hit the board. That's his ceiling in this race. Um, But remember, those two races, Howard, do come back at 100 buyer, and no one else has put 200 buyers back to back. And, you know, know. we use these numbers for a reason. Um, 
you know, one thing that people have not talked about, but it is a factor, first time out of California, and this is a different surface. Not every horse takes to it now. He's been on it a couple of days, hasn't really done anything of note yet. I, I did not see him this morning. I know yesterday morning he just uh, he just jogged the wrong way. He just got off the plane on Saturday. But that that is certainly a factor with this horse. Um, I would have to check Vasquez. Is it his first derby mount? I'm guessing it is. No, that's uh, Um Is that his riding? I'm sorry, you're right. Yep, you're right. That's okay. Don't 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 apologize. I think you're uh, right. I mean, this is not San Nita, which is a speed favoring. Even even the Los Al win. I mean, that Los Al's tends to be speed favoring. I, I just if you if you didn't see his trips, Paul and Pete, and you just looked at the numbers, you're like, this is the Derby favorite, or right there, right? But boy, he's just gotten great trip after great trip. I'm not sure about the breeding. He's never raced outside of California. This horse that could, I don't think he can win personally. I don't think he's going to win. He could absolutely finish in the top few. He also could finish 10th or 12th, Paul, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think he'll get bet if, if, as people have said all week, if the trainer were Bob Baffett with those running lines, he'd probably be the favorite uh, So or a second choice. But I do think he's going to get bet below uh, the uh, 10 to 1 morning line. And that's Act Naughty, but the sire of Act Naughty is one of the my favorite horses of the all time. The, go yep. back and watch a Fleet Alex's Preakness if you want to watch one of probably the five most impressive performances of all time, considering he went to his knees in a yeah, triple crown was... race and got up and won. But, yeah, I mean, again, would it shock me if this horse won the Kentucky Derby? No. Would it surprise me? Yes. Am I betting him to win the race? No, he'll be a B on my ABC grid because I kind of think that – and I'll be honest with you, he vacillated between a B and a C. So he's a B right now. He's not going to A. Uh, we'll see how he looks this week. I, I've got to write down the word vacillated from our words. Let's see, vacillated. Vac- that's a good word. That's why he's, um, a, you know, that's why he's an Eclipse Award nominee. My Paul, I, I agree with everything you said right there. Uh, he, he's a really nice horse. I just don't know about the distance and the spot. But if he wins, it wouldn't shock me. I'm not expecting it to happen. Let's move on, guys, from practical move. And let's go to our top three. This is a horse that Paul just does not like. He say he always claims that I don't like Italians. Maybe Paul just doesn't like the Japanese. I don't know. But this horse is super talented. There's going to be a lot of people going both ways on this horse. Paul, I'll let you go first with Derma Sodagake coming in um, – from J- Japanese connections, but his race in the Middle East, one as impressive as you can be, albeit on an uncontested lead, but a very fast time. And by the way, before I forget, the sh- if you're a sheet player, practical move apparently has gotten about threes or fours in the last two races. Tapatrice got a one in the bluegrass, for those of you that are sheet players. So the sheet numbers, guys, has practical move a little bit slower, which makes sense because he's been getting inside trips and the sheet numbers taken in account ground loss. So I just want to throw that out there. But Dermasodagake, Paul, you're against him. I don't think anyone can deny his talent. I guess you just think this is a, a, a tough spot or just you don't think he's going to get the lead or, or whatever. Well, I don't know what he's beaten. I mean, we, we're, we're talking about Continua being 10,000 to one in this race. 
And, you know, he beats him twice in the last four races. Now, I don't know. I, I, I probably should do some research. I don't know how good Dora Arede is or Commissioner King, who beat him in the, in the Saudi Cup. Having a meltdown is a U.S. horse. So we do know that horse is a yeah. decent horse who beat him in the Saudi Cup. Hey, look, could he go wire to wire? I, I guess. Um, you know, again, I've fallen for these horses. Uh, I don't, I think Lemaire is a very good jockey. I don't, I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to play him in a 20 horse dirt race in the United States. Uh, so that's another Does thing. Does last year have anything to do with it, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, I fully understand anyone who wants to bet this horse, but you're going to have to understand why it's not going to be me. Pete, let's talk about last <laughs> last year, okay? Uh, Christophe Lemaire was on Crown Pride. They went the fastest pace in the history of the Kentucky Derby. Is it possible there's going to be an overcorrection by Lemaire? Is it possible that he's not going to send out there and not help create a fast pace? Or do you think this horse is just that talented that Lemaire knows he's got to go and at least put him somewhat into the game? I think that's a huge factor in this pace situation is what Dermo Sadagake does from the outside, along with maybe Rocket can, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Lemire is experienced enough though, where you would hope he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he, he can make that decision based on, you know, the horse that he has under him this time, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. he's been around the block. He's been all over the world. He's been here in races. He, I think this is a horse who's been tactical. He's not a, he wasn't a speed horse necessarily. He, the last race, Paul mentioned it earlier. He sort of inherited, a, uh, inherited the lead in a race that wound up just being sort of a merry-go-round if I remember correctly. So if he inherit the lead and you're the best horse in the race, which he seemed to be, and if you're pretty fast, I mean, we we've heard from, you know, I've heard on other podcasts or wherever where that UAE Derby got 103 potentially yeah. from a buyer standpoint, yeah. you see the time form a one Oh nine, which isn't super high, but again, you don't know how the correlation always is. So sure. The, the Sheets love this horse. From what I understand, he had the best thoroughgraph number out of all. Yeah. The UAE Derby was the best thoroughgraph number out of all the, the races, all the Derby prep races. So he was to running me, faster fractions, Pete, in that race than the uh, Dubai World Cup. I mean, yes. Yep. Yep. So he ran in that race. Now, you could say he was on the lead, whatever. But he and not, not only that, Pete, if I, if I may just jump in. No, please jump in. This, this is a dirt horse. Okay, for those of you who are like, well, Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn was a turf horse who never really raced in this kind of scenario. Uh, Thundersnow, who, you know, who did a bucking Bronco act, uh, had never been in that situation. This is a dirt horse, guys. You go back and look at his earlier races, and you can watch him on YouTube. He was closing from behind, taking, you know, it's like really sandy, a lot of kickback in those races in Japan. This is a professional, serious horse who is been all over the world forget about what you saw on saturday i know he was weird they broke him from the gate and then he was acting all goofy that person doesn't bother me at all this is the first japanese horse that i think has a serious shot to win this race pete especially because again no one really blows me away in the field no i agree with that i mean i have him on my a line so for me I he's too. a He's a, he's too. a, he's a threat. But again, you're, you're, you're putting it, you're, you're doing a little bit based on faith because you're hoping yeah. that, that all of that is the case. But again, there, this isn't the most talented, like numbers haven't blown you away. Performances haven't blown you away. 
every every horse we say, well, he didn't beat anybody in this race. None of the races turned up to be really that strong. If you go past maybe the top two, maybe the top three in most of these derby preps, a lot of them have come up weak. So in a, in a year where it's there's not like a super standout, there's not someone who's dominant based on the numbers. Why can't a horse who, you know, they train this horse, they train him to go, you know, they, they work their horses, the Japanese, when they train their horses and they've been dominating races all over the world. One of these times they're going to do it in the Kentucky Derby. And this horse looks like he's talented enough. And again, he's not a straight to the lead. The 17 hole is a little concerning because what does he do? Does he have to, do they try and work closer and they get hung out? Do they stay wide? Do they try and work a trip like you said and maybe get over and only be second or third over? I think it's tough from the 17. I think that's a little fishy, but I'm not tossing them. I'm going to, I'm going to ride him with him on my A line and and we're going to see if he runs dead last Then screw it. Hopefully one of my other horses wins. He's one of my top choices. I'm going to watch him very carefully in the post parade too, and some other things, but, uh, I think he's super interesting. And for people to say, well, I, again, Pete, I'm so sick of this. It's just my opinion. I'm so sick. Well, Japanese horse never won these until they do it. You know what? Apollo was the only horse that hadn't run when he was like records are made to be broken guys. Like I, I, you really, to me, if you like the horse, go with the horse. And I have no idea what odds he's going to be. I'm, I'm fascinated, but I will say one thing, Paul, a few people have asked me on Twitter and, and, and privately through emails, what about all this Japanese money? The whirlpool is different than our pool. So obviously there's going to be a lot of people betting into the Derby, but people like in Hong Kong and whatnot, they're not going to be able to get into this pool. So although he may take a lot of money, it's not going to be from the Far East. It's, it's, it's something that needs to be pointed out, Paul. Yeah, but I don't I don't think he goes above the morning line of 10 to 1, and I think it's highly likely he's below that. Oh, you think he's be single digits? I do too. Uh, yeah, I do. I don't know. I do too. He, he could be. He could be. Well, well now that people know that Howard Kravitz likes him, he could be even money. <laughs> well, or or fifty, Paul. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Wait, is the internet? Hey, I think we're having connection issues. Oh wait, yeah, we broke yeah, up. We broke up. All right, Howard, that's a technical. Problem. That is a well. Speaking of TT, it's about that time, Paul. Well, we got two horses left to talk about again. Oh, I really could go to bathroom here, right? I could go to bathroom, and you know, yeah, I don't Pete, need to be here leave. for this. Yeah, we should let here. Pete talk about this. Horse. Pete's a TT hater, uh, guys. No. We really appreciate everyone watching. We've got two more horses to talk about, and again, we got shows all week long. Please subscribe to the HHA Tracing Podcast. I hope you're gleaming a lot of great information. We've got pick four, pick five information all week long. Oaks shows, surprise guests. We got trainers and jockeys, guys right? Trainers and jockeys that are running horses this weekend are going to be live on this show in the next two nights. Paul, I'm going to give you the honor. I'm sorry. You good, Paul? You good? Paul, I'm going to give you the honor of going first. Now let's let everyone know, because not everyone knows, but most of the world knows by this point. I have a fairly large future wager on Tappa Trice at 60 to 1 as does Paul. I've touted this horse out in January after he broke his maiden. I liked a lot of things about him. This is my personal best early tout in a derby horse I've ever had. Does that mean that I think he's a sure thing or he's my top choice? No. But the fact that we, we've got this horse, Paul, who's going to be around 4, 5 to 1, 6 to 1, and we've got him at 60 to 1 um, is a success to me. I don't care if he runs up the track or whatever. I'm very proud, as are, you should be, 
of touting this horse way back when, four months ago. Let's talk about Tappet Triceball, who has the five hole. And according to Mike Pataglia, he is five to one morning line. Paul, Tappet Trice. Yeah, I think that morning line is is pretty good, uh, pretty accurate. Yeah, you know, look at the the key with a few. The hardest thing about a future bet, especially when you make them in January, is getting the horse in the gate. Absolutely. Okay, there's a lot of ways you can't make the race. Now, I happen to be at Gulfstream uh, when he won the allowance race uh, February fourth. Uh, got a chance to see him in, in the paddock. And run and 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 even though that was just an allowance, I mean, I, I think I mentioned on the show uh, we had Todd on the show uh, prior to that. Um, I talked to him very briefly in the paddock. Uh, this is all speculation, but I just got the feeling he was very confident in this horse right from the get-go. Uh, did he go to Tampa to get the points? Because an easier race, he's had great success at Tampa. I think it's just a matter of he was splitting up this horse and Forte. Uh, I thought this he ran stride, very well. Paul, this stride is yeah. just – I think – I'm pretty sure someone examined it. I believe – and this is not just us being fanboys. He does have the longest stride length in the field for what it's worth. Yeah. That That's actually and been talked I, about a little I, bit. I'll, I'll, I'll show the Tampa Bay – go ahead. Okay. Here's the Tampa Bay well, Derby, I, just the end I, of the race. Yeah, I think Saez did what he had to do last race at Keeneland. We'll get to that one, I'm sure. But, you know, I know it's Tampa, but, you know, he is a long way back here at the top of the stretch. And he is going to be about eight wide. And right now he's two, four, six, eight. He's ninth and moving. And then just watch him explode down the stretch. Now, look, he's not picking up Secretariat. I get it. But it's a matter of you know, when he gets into his stride, he is very good. Now, having said that, I think they know that they needed to, from the rail at Keeneland last time, they needed to get him in the race earlier. And I thought Louis Saez did a masterful job of doing that. You just look at the running line. You know, he's not ninth early. He's third out of 11. You know, and you can see, just watch the one here, Louis. You know, he is he's riding him right out of the gate. You know, he gives him a little tap there. Now, he is slow into stride, as you pointed out, Howard. But right here, he's mid-pack or better, and I, he's on the rail. Now, to Pete's point, he is throwing his head a little bit. Does that mean he doesn't like dirt coming at him? This Not was a sure, great but, education, though, and this is what he might have to do with the derby because yeah. I thought he might get checked right here. I was actually worried. He did sort of lift up his head. But he, he did calmly right after that, and then he took some dirt. So I don't know if he can handle the Kentucky Derby and all the nonsense on the inside, but this was a fantastic education, Paul. I couldn't have asked for a better prep for Tappet Trice, personally. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I really – I went from, a, you know, a 60-1, to one, let's take a shot in a future bet, to genuinely believing he is the best or second best of this group. And uh, I think he – has a very very good chance to win. I wouldn't have picked. I would have picked the ten or out for a post position. Yeah. So yeah, am I happy about the five? Well, no, but I'm happy it's not the one of the three, which were both uh, both available. <laughs> so um, yeah, look at I can the post get him beat? Could he come from fifteenth and run third? Absolutely. Uh, 
But I just think in a field where, as you've talked about, both of you guys, no one has really established themselves. Uh, I, I think this horse is really good. I'm happy to have him. I'm not going to trade my ticket. I don't need to bet him to win on Saturday. I can screw around in other ways. And he will be on my A-line on my horizontals. They'll place at TT Major Race. Well, he's not there yet. I don't want to jinx ourselves because crazy stuff can happen. made it to happen. Tuesday, yeah. By the way, Team Bitcoin, did, did someone men- – do I have a bobblehead out there? I didn't realize. No, someone commented they want you to make one of me when I was teasing you. Oh, okay. All right. Um, look, it, it, we, let's bring up our good friend Jim Pilars. And, and I, I want to say this. I have a big shout-out uh, and thanks to Jim Pilars because Jim Pilars – I think I can say this legally. I don't care. Um, actually made the bet for me in Las Vegas. So Jim Pilars, thank you very much for making my bets in Las Vegas. I also have a bet through Twin Spires, but not nearly as much. Um, Jim's got a big future also on Tap at Trice. Um, Jim, let's get this horse home. Let's be fair. And Pete, I'll actually, Pete, let's, let's have you talk because we've been rambling. Pete, I know you're not nearly as big a fan for Tap at Trice. And it's not just because you don't have a future, but you have some concerns, and I think they are legitimate. Well, it, well, let's start with, first of all, no one loves a gray closer more than I do. I think I've said that many <laughs> times on this show. I, I love gray closers. And I have this, I have Tappet Trice on my A-line. So I, okay. I agree with you guys. There we that go. I think, there yeah, we I, go. I, I think, finally, finally, Paul, he's finally well, coming out. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, Paul, Paul. <laughs> he just seen the light. Paul, who picked Tappet Trice to win in the bluegrass out of the three of us me, you, and that's it. I think, if I recall correctly, am I am I right about that? So let, let's just let's just let's just reverse that back a bit. But so concern wise is is basic stuff. It's especially from the five hole. So we watched that replay, and when you were talking halfway through, where hey, he broke slow. Now in that race, about six or seven horses got in front of him, and he took some dirt in the Derby from the five hole. You talk maybe eight or nine horses can get in front of you. And the, the thing that Saez did that was so great in that race was as soon as he was behind, he had space on the outside and he moved him immediately to like the three path to where, okay, let's get this big monster out in the clear in the Derby. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, Somebody our, our pays attention. B&B, uh, who's going to be on who's in, gonna be on uh, in a half 40, an hour, 35 yep. minutes. Well, we're going to be wrapping up soon here. Go ahead. Yep. So Saez did a great job, and I love Saez too, and he did a great job of getting him outside. Yeah. In the Derby, you got some other horses who are going to come over and could be crowding that spot. So my worry with Tapa Trice is I think get him out. I don't care if he's 11 wide. Get him out into the lane however you can and give him a straight shot. He just doesn't look nimble to me. And in the Derby, sometimes you have to be – like I don't see him – dominating the race like rich strike did because i don't think he has that nimble ability that's just for paul just screwing around but i don't i don't know if he makes that kind of ride like i don't think he can sort of weave between horses and keep his momentum i'd like to see him on the outside just taking one shot and running if you do that it depends on how far the horse is that is in the lead. And if you can run them down, you do. Sometimes you don't, unfortunately. And that's what happens in the Derby with these horses who might get stuck a little too far back. That's you my know, concern. Pete, that's about it. I, I agree with you, Pete. Here's my thinking. And I don't know what the thinking with the connections is going to be. Instead of like rushing them up on the inside to get position, I actually don't think that'd be a good idea in this race. I almost prefer Pete and Paul that Pletcher tells him, just let him get in stride. 
and like take back even a little bit more than normal for the sole purpose of what you're saying, Pete, the, to me, the more that he's taken back, I'm not saying the last, but the more that he's not used early, the better chance he has to slip to the outside on the backstretch. If he's used early, Paul, then he could get stuck like in between and in behind horses, like for most of the backstretch, which I don't think would be good. So I don't know if that's the plan, but I almost wish, Paul, that Pletcher tells Saez to break, let all the horses go if they want, and just continue to, like Pete said, gradually work your way to the outside as much as possible instead of being used early like he was the bluegrass. Paul, I'll let you finish the Tabitrace Trace conversation on what kind of instructions and what's the best way for him to win this race from the five hole. Well, I, I – I see what you're saying about getting him in the clear, but I don't want to see him 18th at the first turn in the interest no. of being in the clear. Uh, Pete mentioned eight or 10 horses. If this horse is 10th when they turn on to the backstretch, I am going to consider us very unlucky if we do not cash that ticket. So if, if we could get him in the top 10 straightening out somehow, uh, I'd be very happy. And again, okay. you know, hey, someone runs a monster and beats you, you tip your hat to him, but uh, again, I'm not changing now. I think he's the best horse. I don't think he has the best post. Uh, if he gets beat, I could see two horses beating him, Forte and Angel of Empire. And if that's the case, I suspect I'll still cash the ticket or two. Yeah, to me, we're going to go to Forte. But it's not really where he is in the race, Paul, to me and Pete. It's who's around him and if he's, like, stuck on the inside. Like, I'd much rather be 16th on the outside than, like, 8th in amongst horses on the inside. You know what I mean? So to me, it's not really where he's positioned as much as how he's positioned, if that makes sense. But well, anyway. horses, horses back up in the Derby bad and you don't, yeah, want to, I just, you don't want to be behind a couple of those who are sucking wind really late. I wanted the outside with a clear those. run. Somehow I hope size can do it. All right, guys, we, we just have about a few minutes left here, but that's all we need. We really don't need to talk long about Forte. He is the deserved should be the post-time favorite. He's done nothing wrong. He's a two-year-old champion. He's six for seven. We're, there's no reason to watch replays. We've already saw, seen his replays. You can argue on um, who got the worst of it in the, in the Florida Derby. The bottom line is he went by Mage and won. Um, Pete, I'll let you talk about this horse first. Forte is just a fantastic, honest, deserved favorite. But is he improving or has he maxed out? Because I think that's the major question that needs to be asked here. Yeah, I think it is. And, and I don't think we know, unfortunately. And I think most people's argument is at the price he's going to be, I'm not going to take that chance. And I understand that. So if you're talking about a win bet, and again, I think we get we talked about this on Twitter a little bit today. I think yes, we, we get did. confused sometimes with the difference between a horse that I'm going to bet to win or a horse that I think has a good shot to win. And I'm not going to get beat by I'm not getting beat by the two year old champion who hasn't lost in the last five races and has done it pretty dominantly for the most part in most of those races, you don't want to lose to that. You got Irad, you got Pletcher, you got Rapoli. It's not a horse you want to lose to. And I understand if you say, I'm not betting him to win, but don't tell me this horse can't win. He's just gritty. He finds the wire. And you saw that against Mage. I mean, he didn't, he looked like he was working a little hard, but he exploded at the end. And he has, if not as long of a stride as Tappet Trice, it sounds like, but he's up there. He, he strides out and he strides out late and he has a nose, even in his workout, you could see when the wire comes, he has a nose for it. So I look at him. I love Forte just as a horse. I hope he runs well. He's one I would consider in like that 
I think he's going to hit the board. I just want to see if he can, if he can, if he improves enough. And if other horses improve enough, like we say, is he improving? Maybe not, but are people that going to be far ahead of him in terms of speed and figures in terms of the Derby and in terms of talent and in terms of will to win. And in terms of just knowing how to get to the wire, I think he's going to be tough. And I wouldn't, I don't, I just don't want to discount this horse. I love this horse. I hope he runs well. Paul, your thoughts on Forte, the two-year-old champion? I don't think he's done anything wrong. Uh, I think he's game. I think he's got the second-best jockey in the race right now at this moment in time. Uh, I think that I am. I would be concerned about his figures going down two races in a row. You know, Tampa Trice went down in Tampa, um, and, you know, he did have that extremely late, extremely wide trip. It wasn't a fast race. Uh, I would be concerned a little bit about betting the favorite whose numbers have gone down two consecutive races. Uh, but again, for me, straight A, uh, top two, top two selection. Uh, he has Nyquist written all over him. You know, everyone was trying to find out a reason why Nyquist was going to not win the Derby, the two-year-old champ. And what did he do? He won it relatively easily. So I think Martha agrees there with you, Paul. Yeah, um, Martha does. Matt Miller, this is a great point, too. If you like this horse to win, use him in daily doubles to avoid the mattress Mac effect on the wind pools. That pool will likely be more accurate, efficient. I agree, Matt. If you people don't know mattress Mac, Jim McAvale, um, a, a, a great fan of horse racing from Houston, owns big mattress company, is playing and putting a big win bet on probably Forte sort of to hedge on his investment that he does. So I agree. This horse is going to be a, you know, somewhere around five to two. I would never bet him to win in a million years at five to two or even three to one. But I agree with both of you. He's absolutely an A in any horizontal. If I'm alive to, I'm not going to let Forte beat me out of a three, $4,000 pick five. I mean, I'm not crazy. So I just think he's a very bad bet on the win end at the odds he's going to be at just well, real down. quick, Howard, just to say, and somebody mentioned in the chat, he yep. was sort of washed out before the, the Florida Derby. So it didn't look like he was that great going in. He was in a terrible post for that track at that configuration. Yep. So there could be some excuses as to why the figure was a little lower because a lot of things were going against him. I thought he had to swing a little, you know, we watched how he sort of swung wide. So it may be if he so if he ran a 98 in the Florida Derby, would people like him? Are you going to like him more if if circumstances cause that 95? And that's what scares people is the regression. And maybe he does. Maybe he's just not as good as he was. But do you want to lose like you just said, do you want to lose a big horizontal bet or do you want to what are you going to do? Throw him out of the triple and you're going to have like your horse who you like that's 15 to one that wins the race. And what are you going to throw him out because his, his buyer numbers regressed? I mean, there has to be some semblance of common sense when you look at this and this horse just does everything right. And if he runs out like essential quality, like essential quality didn't dominate on numbers and it didn't look like he necessarily improved at three. But he still ran, I mean, he ran fourth. So he ran out technically in the, you know, in the, in the live version of the Derby, but you weren't throwing him out. He was right there. He ran his race and he had probably the toughest trip out of everybody in that race. Yeah. So 
No, I'm not, no, I'm not going to use him on top in the super because the value is really going to hurt. If Forte wins, your super is going to go way down. And the try. And people say, oh, it could be a 30 or 41 underneath. But a lot of people play bombs underneath. You, you, the winner, whoever wins the race, is really what affects your vertical bet. I mean, so obviously if there's a bomb that finishes third, fourth, that'll raise the price. But not nearly as much if you can beat Forte on the win end. So I'm talking about verticals now. But he's an absolute use in all, in all horizontals. Guys, as we wrap up the show, I've had a lot of fun. We've had, a, again, Thank you so much for all the people out there. I know we're going to have a lot of people watching as a replay. Please make sure, again, you subscribe to our YouTube channel, HHH Racing Podcast. Check out the Power Plays tip sheet below the video player, our website, HHHRacingPodcast.com. Tomorrow we will be here again, 7 p.m. Eastern. Deep dive, Pete and Paul, and the PPs are out. Deep dive into the pick five that ends in the Kentucky Oaks. With two fantastic guests, including a trainer and a rider that are both going to be in the Kentucky Oaks. You do not want to miss it tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on the HHH Racing Podcast. And then in about 25 minutes, stay go right back to this channel for Benton and Boozden to talk about the preliminary feelings on the Oaks. For my wonderful co-hosts, Pete Visco and Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 253 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you later. Take care. Bye-bye, everyone.